What's going on, Mother Flockers? Another Mother Flocking Football podcast coming your way. Uh, tonight we got me, Guy, you know, the best on the show. We've got Ray, the producer, the man behind the scenes that does all the great shit. Ray, say what's up. Hey, what's up, Flockers? And the person that we are missing right now is not my daughter you hear in the background. It is actually Matt. Matt had an extreme case of hemorrhoids and will not be able to join us tonight. We wish him the best. Hopefully his butt stops bleeding and he can enjoy some football this week. Uh, we're going to throw a little different twist on this, Flockers. Uh, we're just going to dive in, and Ray and me are just going to talk some shit, talk some football, some hot topics, preferably no Antonio Brown because I'm really sick and tired of talking about that guy. I don't know Absolutely. You, I'm but so I'm, sick I'm, of talking about him. I'm done talking about him. He's the, done with the NFL. We're done with him. Let's move on. The but, only good thing I've seen about Antonio Brown was I saw a post today about some so, some IG model thinks she got him fired because she posted his DM. And the only good thing about that was I got to see some of her pics without my wife saying that I followed her or anything. So, <laughs> hey, anytime you can find a loophole like that, you yep. take it. You take <laughs> yep. it and you run with it. It's better. <laughs> Listen, gentlemen that are listening to me, you married men out there. Let me shut the door so my wife can't hear the secret. It is better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So when you find those loopholes... You exploit them yep. until it becomes a problem. And then you just say, I didn't know. I'm telling you, gentlemen, it works. I've used it plenty, probably more than I should. <laughs> 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 anyway, all right, well, let's get into some football. Um, you know, the one thing I really want to talk about, I think everybody's been talking about, um, is Daniel Jones. But, you know, there's been this already this season, we've already seen many many backup quarterbacks come in we've got Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville you've got Teddy Bridgewater now in New Orleans Mason Rudolph you know we can go down the list but Daniel Jones and once again Ray I'm 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 gonna give you a little love called it started week three I screwed up everybody I screwed up and didn't pick him up for fantasy before he hit waivers right in that little window but man did he perform like you expected? Did he perform better than you expected? What was your take on on the the Danny Dimes show? I, I he I think he performed better than I expected, especially with Saquon Barkley going out, and for for and him that's to be horrible. Yeah, what what surprised me the most was they were down by 18 points, and he brought the team back and won the game, and he also won it with with his legs, which is something that wasn't that I know. You know the scouts talked about it in the ESPN draft, but nobody paid attention to it because everybody was just dogging the pick. So it wasn't something I was expecting. Well, it to wasn't his legs. We didn't see, yeah, we didn't see a lot of film. But if you go back and look at it, if you go back and look at some of his highlights, he used his legs a lot in college. Yeah. Um, but because, like you just said, none of us were talking about Daniel Jones as whether he was fast, could run, could throw. It was why the hell did he just get picked? Quarterback out of yep. Duke moved up in the first round to select him and, and for Gettleman to come out and basically say, like, I, I, I really just watched the senior bowl. Like, I made my decision just off of one game that I saw with yeah. the best players around him. And It was know, the first not, three throws, he said. <laughs> right. Now, now whether or not he was being truthful yeah. or not, I, I'm, we don't know. That could have been just a play with the media. But, but I think, you know, he looked like Manning. He didn't look like Eli. He looked like Peyton. 18 points down your first yep. game 
your first game out there and you don't have a great supporting cast, especially once Barkley went down, which is horrible out with a high ankle sprain. Did the MRI results come out? I didn't see any of them today. Um, he's, it just said that he's getting a second opinion tomorrow. Well, that's um, not good. So, yeah, it's not good if he's getting that's a second good. opinion. So there Never good when you're getting well, yeah, and you're screwed in uh, one of them because uh, I have a higher waiver than you, and I'm definitely picking up Gallman just in case Daniel Jones continues on his tear because if Daniel Jones keeps playing like he just did the rest of this season, you, you think about it, a lot of rookie quarterbacks can do this because there's not film out on him yet. If he continues like that, I, I think anybody you put in the backfield is going to succeed. And when Barkley comes back, look out. Well, what was impressive about the game, like I tried to, I was, I actually got sick of the the red zone. So I actually put it on the game for a while because I was very intrigued by, by his play and his, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He has an arm that's just good enough, but he, he mentioned Peyton Manning. He reminds me a lot of Peyton because he knows exactly how to put the ball in the spots that he needs to put it. And he changes the, he doesn't change his throwing motion, but the trajectory of the ball changes depending on what if it's an out route, if it's a deep route, if he st- has to throw low or lead the receiver. I, I, well, I know it's just one game, but I was impressed. Well, well and you, you touched on it. Like, that's the thing. A quarterback does one of two things. He throws to the receiver or he throws to a spot. The good quarterbacks throw it to that spot. So yep. they've worked on the timing and everything with their receivers. Now, Daniel Jones, he got a lot of first-team reps. He got more first-team reps than – most rookie quarterbacks coming behind somebody of a stature of an Eli Manning would usually get. Um, but I, Shermer wanted him from the get-go. He wanted him to start as soon as he yep. started working with him. Um, but he worked on that timing to where when the receivers were breaking, he was throwing it to the spot on the field they were supposed to be. Now, his receivers did the right thing. Sterling Shepard looked like Sterling Shepard did when he had Odell Beckham there and Brandon Marshall. Like he looked like he was actually going to be a stud. He had a great game this week. Mm-hmm. And if they can if they can build on that, Evan Ingram as well, if they can build that trio and Barkley come back, look out. The Giants suddenly have an offense that we were all writing off. Now, I'm oh, not yeah. saying they win this year, but nope. like now suddenly they have a formidable offense that you didn't you weren't thinking a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they still have to build a defense and the jury's still on Gettleman. Um, and you know, who knows, maybe this is the one game where it's hyping up and he doesn't pan out, but I, I just, the way he looked, he just, he, I don't see, how he, I don't see how he doesn't pan out right now. And one thing that, so Pat Shermer, I think the main reason why Pat Shermer got hired was because what he did his final year with the Vikings with Case Keenum, right? Everybody forgot that because how bad Eli Manning was. And it's like, well, this guy's supposed to be offensive guru and he isn't. And it's not showing on the field. Well, you, what he's done with Daniel Jones is a short, short time coaching him up. I, I see why they hired him. I, I, I can see if it continues. If it yeah. continues, then we can have that narrative. I'm not going to go that far right now. And, again, all those pieces have to work. He could have been a one-week yeah, wonder. But any, quarter, but any quarterback that comes back like that from 18 points down. Now, the win eh, can be a little controversial, I guess, but they won. To come back from 18 points down and win that game, like that, that took some moxie. And, you know, those are the intangibles that you look for in quarterbacks. So maybe Gettleman saw something the rest of us didn't. Now, touching on, you know, the backups that have come in, like I said, we've had a lot. Minshew continues to look strong. Uh, Mason Rudolph looked completely lost, which was strange compared to how he looked in the preseason and a little bit of mop-up duty last week. But what about Teddy Bridgewater? 
Like, I, I know before the season I was talking about, I thought he was probably the best backup QB that any team had. And I want to say it's just rust, but he, Kamara, Kamara won that game, but he did not look good. No, he didn't. He uh, it got to the point to where the whole game, you know, you're wondering, uh, um, are they going to have Taysom Hill play at quarterback? So all we've heard for ever, for two weeks now is he's Steve Young. Um, he didn't look good. Um, I think Kamara helped win the game. I think Sean Payton's going to help mask Teddy Bridgewater a lot. But it kind of made me sad because, you know, everybody – I think – I feel like everyone in the football community is pulling for Teddy Bridgewater just because of what he's gone through. Um, well, I think you have to. I mean, yeah. somebody show that kind of grit as a football fan, it, it yep. draws you to something. Like, that's the ultimate underdog story, you know. So, of course, we all are drawn to that. Um, but his play in Minnesota suggested that, you know, he's still a viable quarterback. And again, just like we said about Daniel Jones, could have been just a one game, knock some rust off. Hasn't played, hasn't started a game since 2017. Yep. I think so. You know, regardless, the man has, has played limited snaps with the first team or even on a football field and live a game action. So hopefully he bounces back because I'm rooting for him, mainly for and, that purpose. But the oh. but the story on him was always that he was a game manager, as it was. Yep. Yep. And and that's I mean, that's all the Saints can really hope for at this point is he just manages the game, doesn't make doesn't make mistakes. They let Kamara and that offense be the bell cow. Um, be the playmaker, and there's hope the defense can um, to, can make get sacks and get turnovers. They play the the Cowboys next week at home, so I think he'll play better at home. But the Cowboys defense is tough defense to play, so I don't know if we're going to see too much of an improvement against that defense next week. Well, they're going to have to come out and smack them in the mouth right off the bat. They're yep. going to have to come out really strong on the opening drive and put it to them, and then have their defense step up against Zeke, get an early. You know, a quick turnaround, put it back in the offense's hands, and, and then maybe you have a shot to keep them on their heels. But if you let them play their game and run the clock management and keep their defense off the field to where they're well-rested when they come on and can just be aggressive, then, yeah, you're you're not going to hold much much water against that. Nope. Kamara is an X-factor, though. He really is. That, Absolutely. And, you know, shame on me for taking Latavius Murray in a couple leagues, thinking he was going to have the Mark Ingram-type role. Um, and it's still early. Kamara could wear down, but he's he's looking like the back that you saw last year at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, I talked about him in the off season. He had like ten pounds of muscle, so I had a feeling that he was going to try to do what he's doing now, be the bell cow, get majority of the, the touches. Um, and we're seeing it so far. We're just, I think it's just to be seen if he can continue this, especially later in the season all the hits and everything he's taken. Well, and, and yeah, that's the thing is whether or not he can hold up to a, a full season. Now I didn't know that he added 10 pounds of muscle mass. That's definitely, definitely smart on his part. Um, yeah. and you have to put on some weight in order to take yep. some of these hits and, you know, him being now we've seen though, where that actually causes injury for a lot of players too, though. So he's got to be careful with adding the mass last season. I think he wore out by about week five. He started to kind of fizzle out a little bit. Um, so we'll see if, if he can make it past that point this year. Um, but, you know, touching back on um, Daniel Jones and, you know, quarterback stepping up and this and that, how about Matt Stafford? And I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn right now because I said Matt Stafford at the beginning of the season was 
he should be in the conversation of a top 10 QB. And, and this season, I think he's showing why. I mean, he's got four receivers with 100 yards. Never been done. Four receivers with 100 yards. And he's he's tearing it up. Karrion Johnson's looking good. Um, how how good are the Lions? Are, are they, you know, we use the pretender contender. Are they are they a pretender or are they better than we thought they were? Um, I don't know. I think the jury's still out. I, I know that's a cop out answer because last year, right? Matt, Matt Trish is still the head coach. So. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm getting at. Like, um, remember last season, like the beginning of the season, we, we thought Patricia was going to be fired mid season because it wasn't, they were just playing poorly. You could tell they were court coached poorly and it just seemed like he was in over his head. Um, so this year they're playing well. They're still doing Lions things that usually cost them games, like in the Eagles game, the blocked field goal. Like they still do Lions things that usually cost them games and why they can't close, but this they're just finding ways to close and other teams are just making more mistakes at the end. But what but what's the difference? I mean, Carrion Johnson's not he, I, he's he's working a bell cow load, but he's not like mass producing or anything. Galladay's look good in a few spots, um, you know, but they, they still, I, like you said, I don't think they've got a complete package. Like I, I they're going to fizzle out. They're still going to finish. They're going to finish better than I think they, than I thought they would, but I think they're still roughly an eight and eight team. They're just off to a yeah. hot start and have well, I think, fairly I think easy opponents too. I think and even, eight. even the Arizona game should be three and oh. Yeah. That, but see that Arizona game was a lion's game. That's why, like, right. there's no way right. the Arizona should have came, come back, right? No, absolutely and not. So, I still, and then, so offensively, I actually like the skill position players. I, I like on Johnson. I think Kenny Galladay is gonna, is going to be considered one of the better wide receivers in football within after this year and then the next year. Um, Marvin Jones is still a good player, and that T.J. Hawkinson, he's inconsistent right now because he's a rookie, but moving forward, I think he's going to be a great tight end. They still have some slight offense line issues, but the biggest thing is the defense. Like, outside of Darius Slay, who can you name somebody on the defense? Well, Slay got slaughtered last week. Yep. Or this and week, Snacks. So. I guess they got Snacks still, right? Yeah, but they still got defense. Damon Harrison, but they, but they, they don't have the pieces on defense. No. So they they've don't. overperformed on defense as it is, even though they've still given up points. They've still overperformed to even keep it a game. Now, that's also kudos to the offense. But, Matt Patricia, where are you at, man? Like, When are you actually going to show that you're a coach, a good coach? Because I don't see it happening. And even though your team's 3-0, and you're lucky to be sitting at 500 at the end of the season. But it does bring to light that the NFC North, could possibly be the strongest division in the league from top to bottom? Uh, right now, absolutely. Um, like I was mentioning before the show, they're 7-0-1 against um, teams outside of the division. That division is. That's an amazing number um, after three weeks in the season. And when you have – I mean, I'm constantly dogging the Bears, but – just to mainly just to mess with you, but the, the Bears defense is still amazing. Um, the day the last night, I know it was against Washington. I know it was against Washington, so I take it with a grain of salt. But last night, they looked like the best defensive unit in the league. Hands down, best defensive. Nobody had an answer for Khalil Mack. No, and it's not just that. Leonard Floyd's taking a step forward. 
Roquan Smith Roquan is going to be um, at the end of the year. You can you can argue he's going to be the best middle linebacker in football. I think at the rate at how he's playing, um, Danny Shavatan's still a beast. He's just under. He's just overshadowed, shadowed by so too. much talent. Did you see that? Hold on. Is. Did that you sack? see that sack he had? Yeah. He literally froze. He, he the oh, stopped. He's, he's, he made the oh, offensive lineman think he was playing. Like he made the offensive lineman think he was going to right. spy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, he, he thought well, he, it almost well when he did that stop, it almost looked like he was going to try and do a swim move to go the other way. Like he didn't sell it that way, but that's almost like what the the guard thought and he literally just at that moment went nope and just ran straight at the quarterback, what, three steps and was there. Yeah, it like, was impressive. And then um um Ha Clinton Dix is playing well. He got the pick and I just the, the so that um appreciate so that I, love by the way. That felt good. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so the Bears defense, I know I've been saying they were going to regress, and not because they don't have the talent, just because it's hard to repeat, but I might be wrong, proven wrong. I, I don't want to overreact, but just you look at the talent. This is what the, the what the Bears remind me of too, right? So you had the Seattle, so, you know, you had the 2000-whatever Ravens, and then you had the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. And then out of all – I'm not – you can say I'm biased, but I think the Broncos' defense in 2015 was better than all of those. And I say that because of what they dealt with. They had the worst turnover ratio in the history of a Super Bowl winner. Like they were constantly getting – starting – the opposing offense was starting at midfield every almost every down, um, and they still managed to just dominate. But the Bears remind me of all those defenses. They have superstar talent at every single level. And as long as they start giving David Montgomery the ball and Trubisky doesn't make mistakes, they could beat any team. And then the Packers, the I right the now Packers the Packers are dangerous. They are, and but right now the defense is more is more dangerous than the offense. That's what the, scares me. Yes, because <laughs> right now the offense they they put up points fast, right? Like first half they put up 21 points. And then they completely stall out in the second half because teams are figuring them out. I don't know if it's still the, the new scheme, the new coach, of figuring all that out. But the fact that the defense is so good, you expect the offense to continue to get better. That's what makes the Packers Well, scary. at some point, at, and that's the thing. We're three weeks in. Matt LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers are still getting a feel for each other in game situations. You know, because Aaron Rodgers is known to have a little bit of that sandlot ball, and that's, that's when he plays yep. his best. And so as a new coach, you're trying to keep the reins in. And we've talked about this on the podcast a few times, but he's trying to keep the reins in and still keep control of the offense. But at some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to be let loose. And yep. the offense is going to start to gel. And if that defense continues to – I don't want to use the word dominate yet, but if that defense continues to – overmatch against the opposing offense, then the Packers are a very dangerous team. The Vikings, the Vikings still have a great defensive core. Front seven is sick. Kirk Cousins gets in there in, in his own way, but but just from top to bottom, that division is stacked. Just, yeah, and, and they're going to beat each other up. Dalvin Cook is oh, playing man. lights out. When he gets the ball, he looks like he's at a whole different speed than the rest of the field. He right reminds now. me of a young Adrian. And I know it's Minnesota, but he reminds me of a young Adrian Peterson. You give him that ball, and suddenly he's like a freaking wrecking ball rolling downhill. And he's little, too. He's, <laughs> oh, he's just so quick and and what's the word? Not evasive. I mean, he is evasive, but he's, just, he's so disruptive. 
because he will just stop on a dime and change directions. And even after having the surgeries he had and the injuries he's had, he stays healthy. He's a top five back. This season. Well, yeah, and you know, you know what running back was a lot. Actually, what running back played a lot reminds me me of him a lot. This is when he was in his prime. Devontae Freeman. When Devontae Freeman is his prime, quick, shifty, could stop on a dime but run right up the gut. Um, and they kind of look the same when you watch them play. So, um, the, well, that came out of the same college offense. Yep. The NFC North is just tough. I, I, the, the, and honestly, the end. We were talking about. Remember, we were talking about how off season preseason that the end of the uh, NFC, the NFC was probably like the, the, the going to be the Super Bowl winner. I know it's only week three, but right now um, there's only a few teams in the NFC that I think they're like Super Bowl contenders. Um, and then the AFC, you just got the two teams that are just, the they juggernaut. just look powerhouses. It's they're the like golden, the golden state warriors. In Houston Rockets, NFL, and the, yep, and the Houston Rockets of the NFL. It's exactly yep. what it is. You just I mean, there's look. Up. I mean, you know, you look at the AFC from top to bottom. I don't see a team that can compete with the Patriots or the Chiefs. I don't see one. The Chargers, they can't do it. They don't. Nope. They need Melvin God, Gordon. No. Being without Derwin James is hurting them. Um, they're, you know, Keenan Allen's only going to be able to have the ball thrown to him 20 times a game so much before that injury bug's going to bite him again. Um, you know, who else you got? You, Buffalo's looking pretty good. No way. There's no way they stay. Nope. Now I think they beat the Patriots. I will say this on record right now. I think they beat the Patriots this week. Uh, really? I do. Um, this, Buffalo, man. you look at, you look historically, Buffalo's always, always, always given Tom Brady a, a fit. Did and, you see with, uh, Josh Allen as the Grim Reaper and he's like, you see the blood trails at each door of each team, and then he, now he's knocking on the Patriots. I kind of like that. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I'll I like look that, that up. I, I love – dude, just talk about Josh Allen for a second. Uh, I, I'm now a fan. Like, you, hear, you heard the question. I'm sure everybody's heard the question. When the guy asked him about what it was like playing in New York and if he had been drafted by New York and this and that, and he comes back yeah. and he's like – uh I am in New York. <laughs> I just loved it, man. I know it was just off the cuff. It wasn't that big of a deal or anything, but like just basically, hey, reporter, you're an idiot. I'm, I'm in New York. I'm just not in New York City. But, that, you know, that guy's he's looking, he's looking like a quarterback. I still wouldn't call him the most accurate quarterback, but he's, his accuracy has definitely improved. He's got what a hell of a cannon of an arm. He's got John Brown looking like an actual wide receiver one. So, you know, I think that they give the Patriots fits this week, but they're not going to contend. And and you bring it up, you know, we did talk about the NFC having the Super Bowl winner, but I, I don't I don't see a team outside of one of those top defenses having a chance. No. Um no, you're right. And like um we all thought the Eagles, right? The Eagles <laughs> I think we're all wrong about the Eagles. Um the Cowboys, I, I will never trust the Cowboys in the playoffs. Um, and I'll so right now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I don't trust Jason Garrett in the playoffs. Um, Dak looks good, but against three of the, some of the worst teams in the NFL right now, um, he's looked like and, the best quarterback in the league through the first three weeks, but well, no, he caveat, has Patrick Mahomes yeah. has, he well, like all right, Mahomes. Okay. He yeah. looks like the best quarterback in the NFC this year. Yeah, he has, but the caveat is I need to see you against a real defense first. Just a average defense uh um 
And yeah, the NFC North just between the Packers, the Bears. I I I can't count the Vikings just because Kirk Cousins. Um, but the Packers and the Bears look like um, they might be the top two contenders right now. Um, yeah. And the AFC. And the AFC, it's getting to the point now where if the season continues this way, the winner of the Patriots and the game between the Patriots and Chiefs, the AFC Championship game, that's going to be the Super Bowl, I think, at this rate. I know it's only week three, but the way oh, the it, NFC is looking right now. Right, it's, it's going to – and we've seen this a few times before where the AFC or the championship games are more exciting than the Super Bowl, and that's what we could potentially see this year. Um, I'm hoping not because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little biased to say I think that the Bears defense looks better than they did last year so far, uh, even without having as many turnovers. We still have a great turnover differential even with Mitch as our quarterback. But uh, let's talk about teams that might not have a chance. And I know you're really pissed off from this weekend, so I'm gonna give you the floor. I'm gonna give we're gonna call this Ray's corner. Ray, <laughs> I want to hear your feelings. On your Denver Broncos, and more specifically, that Hall of Fame GM, Hall of Fame quarterback, excuse me, you have yeah, as a GM. Hall of Fame fucking GM. <laughs> so, so this is so I'm I'm looking at you know I'm looking at Twitter, and I'm seeing all updates from all the games and everything that's going on, and I see one, one fucking tweet that just sets me over the edge and just says I'm done, just says I'm done with it all, and it's the tweet where Shaq Barrett has eight sacks already to three fucking weeks. Denver Broncos with Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb have zero sacks in Vic Fangio. Guess who had Shaq Barrett last year? The Denver fucking Broncos. Guess who discovered him? The Denver Broncos. But guess what Denver did? Denver needed a quarterback. What does John Elway do? I'm Josh Allen's right there. He scouted him. A lot of talk that he liked Josh Allen. He takes Bradley Chubb. He had Shaq Barry and Vaughn Miller. He didn't fucking need them. John Elway has to go. It's time he has to go. It's like Michigan fans with John Harbaugh. They're finally done with it. I'm finally done with, uh, with John Elway. He could have gotten Josh Allen. He Instead of Bradley Chubb, he could have kept Shaq Barrett. Not saying... Then you, if you just look at the fucking first round, he missed on every single first round pick he's missed on, except for Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. That's why the team sucks. The team has no identity. And then what does he do? What does he do? They draft Drew Locke in the second round, who has some promise. Some people liked him. I want to see how he plays, right? And you bring in Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco had no fucking guaranteed money left next season. What does he do? He restructures his deal. So he has, what, $18 million cap hit if they cut him, or $13 million dead cap hit if they cut him next year. He went from zero to 13. What the hell was he thinking? The Bolin family, Pat Bolin, God bless. Rest in peace. We miss you. I hope your family, your siblings, figure out this antitrust shit or whatever the deal with because you signed your will when you two years with Alzheimer's. So they're going to win. They need to get in. They need to fire Elway. They need to clean house and just restart because Elway is just going to continue to put us in the shitter because he's stubborn and he won't just restart. He's, he doesn't know how to find a quarterback. It, you know, he's only going to draft a quarterback in the first round if he's six 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 seven. The defense is getting older. Uh, he, he didn't bring in any secondary. Oh, I'm just so sick and fucking tired of him. And Vic Fangio, stop putting Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller in coverage. Please and fucking thank you. 
That's all. I'm just, I'm, Elway needs to be fired. Fire Elway. Hashtag, I'm going to carry it all fucking year long. And I can't believe I'm saying that. You don't think any of the blame, though, falls on Vic Fangio? I mean, you've got, like you said, you've got Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, you've still got Chris Harris, and you're telling me that the guy that's touted as one of the best defensive minds in football is struggling to put together a good defense? No, it is his fault. It is his fault. It's partly his fault, too. It's Elway's fault for the lack of talent and off, not finding quarterback and the lack of offensive line, right? They needed offensive line help. Instead, they draft um, Trey back and draft a fucking tight end. So, um, Right, which I, I don't think get, you need for that offense. No, and I just don't get what Fangio's doing. I, 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 I cannot believe week three, Denver Broncos with Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller, um, Chris Harris Jr., Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callum, he hasn't played yet, but they, they brought in two studs in the secondary as well. And Justin Simmons becoming is actually becoming a very good free safety right now. Like, he's playing amazing. But, but like they you have, said, there's no identity. There's no identity. There's no sacks, no turnovers. All the defense is doing is they're doing a good job of getting them three and outs. But if they need a big play, it's not happening. There's literally no pass rush. The only person I even saw get any rush last week was Bradley Chubb. Formula got one. Bradley Chubb was, was just wrecking them the well, whole game. Well, at the same He's time, though, I mean, close. your offense isn't doing your defense any favors whatsoever. No, they're not. I mean, they stall out all game long. They'll put together a drive here and there, but they're stalling out every single drive, it seems. Joe Flacco can't get it done. Your running game, you know, Lindsey's got a spark, and I think Royce Freeman's actually looked better this season. But they're getting positive yards, but I don't see many splash plays. It's been a couple, so, but there's not well, many. The, the I know you were busy last week, um, Sunday, but in that Packers game, Lindsey was the only – Lindsey and Cortland Sutton were the only ones getting any f- splash plays. Um, Sutton's looking actually, good. Yeah, Sutton actually looks like he's going to turn out to be a really good wide receiver. But the Joe Flacco sucks. I just don't know why you re-signed him. You guys haven't – I mean, outside of the big splash to get Peyton Manning from after he left the Colts or was released by the Colts, you guys have bombed at quarterback almost as bad as we have. Almost yep. as bad as we have. And I'm and now, you know, you, you went off about your Broncos. I'm, I'm going to go off about these Bears. The defense is stout. The defense is championship-worthy. The offense is abysmal. I know we had a quarter that we threw three touchdowns to Taylor Gabriel. Awesome. But but until we have a quarterback that will throw it beyond 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, we have no offense. David Montgomery is, I think, uh, going to be a hell of a talent. We've seen a little bit of it here and there. I mean, he's he's got that one cut, and he's constantly churning out. He reminds me of Matt Forte. He's got man, I I would I, not I wouldn't put him there on the receiving side, but on the running side, no, I'd say he's the I'd running he's side better. he does. I'd say he's he's better. He's more elusive than Forte even was with that one cut, and he's a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, Ryan Pace, I, I know I'm beating the dead horse. You had the chance to draft Deshaun Watson, championship winning quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, and. You, you you don't take him. You've got the talent of the generation. Now, jury was still out at that point, but the talent of the fucking generation in Patrick Mahomes. And you go and trade 
the third overall pick for the second overall pick, give up more picks and go draft this one year flash in a pan. He wasn't even a, he was a spark in a pan out of North Carolina, Mitch Trubisky. This guy is horrible. You go back and watch him in college. He wasn't good then. You didn't see any of these huge – the plays that he made downfield were wide-open receivers that didn't have a defensive back near him within 20 yards of him. It was atrocious. And in the NFL, he hasn't looked the part whatsoever. He's going to be the downfall of our team. And yep. just, You talk about Josh Allen being there, and the first thought that popped in my head is, fuck Josh Allen. We had a chance to have Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Imagine – I mean <laughs> – sorry. Dude, it's insane. It's no, it, it's insane. Like even look, I wouldn't have been mad if they would have been Deshaun Watson. Even with what Mahomes has turned out to be, I didn't think that he was gonna. That would, he had the talent, but he came from that air raid offense. He had no idea whether or not it was really gonna translate to the NFL. But Deshaun Watson was a fucking winner, a winner. That oh my gosh, like to me that was the pick for the Bears. Deshaun Watson with the Bears, I, I don't think we'd even be discussing any other teams in the NFC or in the NFC North, we would be talking about how the bears just became a juggernaut, but instead, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Instead we've got Mitchell fucking hell. I think we'd even be talking about Allen Robinson being a top wide receiver, uh, uh, almost a Deandre Hopkins. Well, I actually do because he high points the ball better than almost any receiver in the game. Deshaun Watson with a sandlot play against, uh, and this is talking about behind it. You put Deshaun Watson behind Chicago's offensive line. I guess it just excites me thinking about it. Put him behind Chicago's kinda, offensive line, and, man, just, dude, sit back and watch. But, no, we get the stupid fucking white guy out of North Carolina that, uh, God, I, I wouldn't put him above half the backup QBs in the league. You know, you, you haven't, you've struck out on quarterbacks since Peyton Manning. We've struck out on quarterbacks since Sid Luckman. Hell, yeah. we've even taken your cast-offs. And gave you well, gave you one of our better quarterbacks throughout well, our history. <laughs> I, I, well, I know this isn't the topic, but you mentioned I, that Jay Cutler trade was actually one of my was like the most pissed I've ever been as Broncos fan because everyone dogs Jay. Time. Yeah, everyone dogs Jay Cutler now, but Jay Cutler at that time when he was traded, he was one of the young stud quarterbacks. He made the Pro Bowl. He was considered the next great generation coming in at quarterback. Yep. He was playing phenomenal. I was like, oh, my God, we got our franchise guy. We finally replaced Elway. He was not saying play type, but he was the Deshaun Watsons or even the Josh Allens, the, um, the, even the Jared Goffs, like that young quarterback that started going to take over the league. And when they traded him to the Bears, I was fucking sick. I was at a casino in Washington State playing poker. I took a break. I went out to the bar to get a drink. I saw the trade because at that time we didn't have smartphones like we do now. And I drank and drank and drank. And then I lost about $400 playing poker because I was on tilt the whole damn time. So, <laughs> you know, and at the time I actually I liked the still, trade, but yeah. it was it was horrible because he came to Chicago and he brought that kind of diva don't care, which I kind of liked at the time, but he never did anything. And outside of having Brandon Marshall, where he just zeroed in on him all the time, he, he wasn't successful in Chicago. Hell, Rex Grossman had a more successful season than Jay Cutler ever did in Chicago. And, you know, Rex Grossman was horrible. You know, Jim Miller, even, you know, going back to our Super Bowl winning quarterback, Jim Miller was, I mean, he was a gritty guy, but he wasn't, he wasn't a top quarterback talent. You know, who, you know who's had, and it wasn't even a full season. It was a stint of a season. 
But the most successful stint of a season we've seen from a Bears quarterback is probably Josh McCown under what's-his-face. Um, no, no shit. No yeah. shit. No <laughs> shit. You're absolutely right. That was probably the best quarterback play we've had since like a three-game span of Rex Grossman back in, what, 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. whatever that was. And, oh, my gosh. But, you know, that's why – and I'll tell you this right now, Flockers. This is why I don't care to hear about your quarterbacks going down. You get no sympathy from this fan, none whatsoever, because I've been dealing with backup quarterbacks running my team my entire freaking life. <laughs> yeah, my but then entire you, life. You, some of these teams are lucky, like the Jags, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. What if he becomes their quarterback? Like – He's an amazing story, so I'm honestly hoping he does. What's the but better story, the good. name or the mustache? Oh, God. It's definitely the mustache. The mustache makes the name better, I think. Like, he's got the he's got the porn stash, but pulls it off. You know, we give Baker Mayfield shit for his because he, he's got a little baby face. Yeah. Gardner Minshew looks like Gardner Minshew looks like the guy that just walked out of the mine covered in soot and shit from working a 12-hour shift. Like, all right, let's go eat some steak. Gardner He's got Minshew. like the Ron Swanson yeah. look. So you got Baker Mayfield, who's very polarizing, right? You got people that hate him and like him. Gardner Minshew is Baker Mayfield, but everybody loves Gardner Minshew. That's because he's just – he looks like that good old country yeah. boy. He does. And, and, and the they fact that he's – I'm shorts. sorry. Gardner Minshew the second with no first, just – it. I really, really would love to be able to interview his dad. I really would. Like, yeah. okay, I get that. You heard, too. well, I heard a story. Like, I heard this and, uh, that he didn't want to call him Junior because everybody in their area that gets called Junior winds up being called Bubba. And his son ain't no Bubba. <laughs> but it still <laughs> comes back to the that. fact of why the hell would he be a Junior? He didn't, he doesn't have your name, dude. <laughs> I don't know if you understand the rules of this. I guess technically you can name him whatever the hell you want, but. You understand how somebody's a junior? My son. My son's name is Guy. However, his middle name is Colton minus Vincent. He goes by Colton. There's no junior. There's no second. Because he doesn't have my name. I have my grandfather's name. My grandfather's name was Guy Weaver. But his middle name was Edward. So technically, I could call my son the third. But I don't because the names aren't exactly the same. But Minshew's, they got they got a different way of thinking. But yeah, seriously, that guy. And then Kyle Allen, too. Like There's a couple guys that have stepped up. If Kyle yeah, Allen speaking, continues on his run, man, I, yeah, yeah, let's talk about him. Yeah, can we be kissing Cam goodbye? I would think we are. I think yeah. we are. The story came out yesterday about, you know, he may be out longer, and I think that's more a team just saying, you know, we're going to be a little more cautious with you because you've been dealing well, with injuries. With, and we've got a quarterback the, right now that's already thrown more more touchdowns in one game than you have all season. Well, this today they came out and he, he was out indefinitely with the Lynn Frank, Liz Frank injury. Usually there's a timetable for those. So well, I guess, um, you know, it, now let me ask this. If it is, let's go ahead and let's let's go way too premature. Let's say Kyle Allen's not only the future, but now he's the present. And they're done with Cam Newton. Yeah. Does he get does he get traded? Does he just get outright released? Does he I retire? Think, I think I do you know his contract situation? Because that plays a big next part. year. Next year's his last year on his contract. Is it guaranteed next season, though? No, there's only like $3 million dead money. So they'll try to trade him. Um, a team might bite. Shit, maybe the fucking Broncos bite. But uh, somebody then would. just pay him and Flacco, and I choke myself. But uh, but um, it- ah, I, I guess the question that you have to ask then is, yes, they, they will try to trade him. But what 
team would try to trade for him. You see a team trying to Why? trade Why? Knowing right, knowing that if he gets cut, you can get him pennies on the dollar to work exactly. in a contract to... in a trade for one year? Yeah, exactly. You, you don't have to you don't have to lose a pick. You know he's going to get cut if they're offering to trade him. Um, and you, I mean, honestly, his sh- yeah, since the shoulder injury, he hasn't been the same. And if I'm a team and I watched what just happened with Andrew Luck, sorry, I'm pouring myself a drink. Do a usual plug like Matt does right here. Jack Daniels, it's the only whiskey I drink. Really? Anyway, yeah. I mean, I'll you drink like Gentleman's Jack. I love Gentleman's Jack. Yeah, that's, Gentleman's Jack is my that's my favorite. Um, my go-to is Gentleman's drink, Jack and the Four Roses. I drink it too smooth. I drink it too. I'll drink it straight too fast, and frankly, I can't afford to spend that kind of money every few days. Not saying I'm an alcoholic, but that stuff so smooth, I, I drink it like water. Yeah, not everybody can afford to buy booze. Like Matt's got a great collection. He really does. He does. Um, damn, we started talking about whiskey, and I forgot what our topic was. It was Kyle Allen, Cam Newton being oh, yeah. traded. Cam Newton. His if, I'm a, if I'm an NFL team right now, and I'm seeing what Andrew Luck just did, and I'm looking at Cam, I'm nervous about trying to trade for him anyway because I could trade for him and he could just turn around and retire on me anyway. Now I'm not the draft pick. I'm not whatever money I've given him and I'm without a quarterback. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I wonder... I don't know if I take a chance on him, but I, I honestly would. I honestly think that he could take that Andrew Luck role or uh, route and decide. You know what? I'm. I've made a lot of money. I made it to a Super Bowl. My body is beat down because it really is like he's taking a beating like a running back when we talk about the shelf life of a running back mm-hmm. he doesn't get the benefit of having the longevity of a, a, a tom brady who doesn't get hit he takes hits every damn game and I, that's broken him down i don't think we'll ever see cam how he was his first couple years and it just comes with his style of play we all called it then too but, oh yeah, everyone knew it when it lasts, and and he has interest. He has my voice just like went high. Um, he has interest outside of football. Like he has his own YouTube channel now. Well, and I've mean, actually watched got, some of them. Um, he's got a clothing line. Yep, clothing line. He's like big Medea. in fashion. Yep, he's probably uh, gonna get into movies. Yep, he dresses like the, He dresses like the the elder women at the church. Um, I I it wouldn't surprise me if he retired. I I I feel like. We're never going to get the Cam we once had. Um, Cam was never – I wonder how you feel about it because we haven't talked too much about what his kind of career has been. But Cam's never been an elite passer or elite quarterback, but he was a, an elite player at one point, especially the year he won MVP. Like, well, absolutely. I mean, he put together one of the best rookie seasons I've ever seen. From yep. Quarterback. Uh, I mean, he, was, he looked fantastic. And, you know, but at the same time, there's no way that that style of play was going to continue for years to come. You know, when and then, you're young like that, sure. But, dude, you're now 30. Your body doesn't respond like it used to. Trust me. And, no. Yep. And then just, I mean, watching Kyle, I, I didn't get to watch much. I, I didn't watch much, much of the Panthers game. I mainly just saw uh, CMC highlights. Um, but the stuff that I saw, you can just tell the accuracy difference between Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. And then dude, he. He looked now. Grant, it was against Arizona, and Arizona hasn't been a good defense. You know, a good defense, but the dude completed 73% of his passes. He only threw seven inter, uh, incompletions, four touchdowns. He was sacked twice. Um, average yards, average air yards per attempt, 13. 13 yards per air yards per attempt. 
That's you got cool. Derek Carr and he, and and he Joe threw Flacco 26 passes, so it's not like he threw 12. Yep. You know, he threw a game manager style passes, but that's all it called for. Still threw for over 250, four touchdowns. You know, didn't run. I mean, whatever. But the only thing I would say, he fumbled twice, so he needs to get a little better ball control. But first game out there against that kind of talent. I mean, I know it's the Arizona Cardinals, but still the NFL. And to perform like that, you know, if again he keeps that up, he's got Houston, Jacksonville, Tampa. None of those defenses are scaring me this year. Not even Jacksonville. Yeah, with all the turmoil with Jalen Ramsey, their defense isn't impressive. If if I'm the NFL, I gotta be happy right now because yes, quarterback. Normally when quarterbacks go down like this, it's like oh, ratings go down. Nobody wants to watch some of the games, but all these younger exciting quarterbacks coming in to play the backups or the first round picks with the good storylines. It's exciting. And then it just makes me pissed off even more than I'm a Denver fan. Cause I'm still watching Joe Flacco and drew locks fucking is a bitch. And he broke his thumb, hurt his thumb. Not even like broke. He sprained it. He's on IR. So I digress. I won't bring up Denver again. I'm sorry guys. I'm sorry <laughs> today. All right. So we'll do a little fantasy twist, wrap this thing up. Yep. Um, I'd say we do bar talk, but it feels like we've done bar talk pretty much the whole time. So um, let's do a little fantasy talk. Um, We haven't done it yet this season. We've had a lot of injuries this year. Who, and I think we already touched on it because you you had Saquon Barkley and a few. Who is your top waiver pick? Who's the guy that you've got already a waiver claim in all 27 of your leagues? Goldman. I always, I always... Um, I haven't, I haven't done my complete research tonight while I'm watching, uh, this is us with the wife. I do the rest of my waiver picks, but, um, can't watch that show anymore. And we'll touch on that in a second, but go ahead. Um, but Gallman, just because I have so many leagues that I got Barkley in, I have them dynasty leagues. And just because I happen to get the first pick, right? I should have. I was horrible. Normally I would never pick the same player like multiple times. So I should have picked CMC, but I was like, well, I'll just pick Barkley. Um, so I'm mad at myself for that, but Goldman's the top guy right now. So remember, I took, you know, in, in my league, I took uh, DeAndre Hopkins, number one overall. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a keeper league. I had Chubb and on Johnson. So Squam Barkley scared me. I said it all along. Squam Barkley was never going to be my number one pick because of how much of a focal point he was in that offense, how much he carried last year. Historically speaking, when you see a running back carry it that many times the season before, they don't perform. They get injured the next year. So I was staying away from him. I regret right. not taking – I regret not taking C-Mac. And, and yep. it's funny I say that because you look at his workload last season. And he should, historically speaking, regress this year or get hurt at some point. I hope he doesn't because I, he's a fun guy to watch. And, and you know, and I'm going to say this. C-Mac I don't know plays if it's controversial or not. Watching a white running back in the NFL succeed the way that he does is awesome to see. No, it, it is. It really is. It's awesome to see. Um, I used to root a lot for Robert Smith in uh, uh, Minnesota, and he wasn't really uh, – it wasn't white, but it was it was awesome to see. And, and it's – listen, for everybody listening, this isn't a race thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why. It's awesome to see people that you don't think should be in those roles outperform their peers. Like a Shaquem Griffin. The dude's got one hand. And yeah. there's a reason he's a starting player in the NFL. And it's awesome to see people like that, you know, and, and, and that's what I love to see about C-Mac is C-Mac, the whole story. And, 
and and it's always been this, you know, like first off, he's a white running back. It's not expected to, you know, be successful. You know, you had the Mike Allstott type that would run people over, but C-Mac brings a different kind of agility to the game. And there, it's always been the story. Like, like he's not fast enough. He's he's a little guy. He's, you know, he's, you've heard Shannon Sharp. He's white. <laughs> you know, so it's awesome to see that. But if I'm on the waiver wires this week and I'm looking for somebody to pick up and I don't care who my starter is, I don't care whether it's a keeper or a standard league, Daniel Jones is at the top of my board. If I wasn't smart enough to grab him before the game this week, I'm damn sure putting in a waiver claim on Daniel Jones. You really think he's going to – really, so I, I so Daniel Jones looked good, but there's guys like um, – Wayne Gallman waiver- only – Wayne Gallman is only a successful waiver oh, yeah. pick if Daniel Jones pans out. Remember that. Oh, yeah. No, you're 100% right. Um, but what I'm getting at is like quarterback wise, you got like almost every single one of my leagues, except for the ones I picked them up. Josh Allen's a free agent. Would you I rather have take, Josh? I would absolutely take hands down from what I saw. And I bring this word up again. The moxie that I saw from Daniel Jones in that game and in that comeback. I want Daniel Jones on my team and okay. I may not start him week in week out. I got I'll, I'll put it this way. I have Matt Ryan as a starting quarterback. I have Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. And I have Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback. And those are the three quarterbacks I have in all seven of my leagues. He's definitely going to be a DFS I've got Daniel Jones. I've got Daniel Jones waiver pickups in four of the seven leagues I'm in as my number one waiver claim. What's going on, And the man? reason is, is I think, I man, I look, I did this a few years ago. It was a hunch on Odell Beckham. He didn't, he didn't get drafted because he came out injured from LSU and so he didn't get drafted and I picked him up week two he came back week four picked him up week two because I just and you talk about random trains here's one coming through yep. I remember we were talking about that earlier um I I remember week two I picked him up thinking the guy has the talent he's one of the best runners I've ever seen blah 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 and I picked him up and he won me a championship that year and I have that gut feeling about Daniel Jones and that's where I'm kicking myself for not picking him up before because I looked at him in every single league, and I had him selected, and I just couldn't bring myself to drop somebody. But I'm putting in the claim on Daniel Jones. I'm going all in on Daniel Jones this year, and the only reason being is because of the way that he electrified that offense, made Sterling Shepard look outstanding, made Evan Ingram look great, and did it when Saquon went down. This isn't Dak Prescott with Ezekiel Elliott. This is a guy with an offense that is torn down that doesn't look like they have true talent around him. Not a great offensive line. And he put together one of the best comebacks I've seen in a long time. Uh, and I'm, I would, I'm going all in on him. I mean, I don't blame you there, especially as a backup, a fill-in, a stream option. And who knows, maybe he pans out and he's your starter. I mean, if he plays like he did play this week. But he's not going to play the Bucks defense every week. But um, I want to give you guys a, just a couple guys to look at outside of the two we selected. Um, Chark from Jags. TJ Chark, yes. Um, there's three receivers I would look into. Chark from the Jags, and I'm not being a homer, but he's actually looked good. We mentioned it. Cortland Sutton is available in a lot of I've, leagues. I've he's got him in most. He's one target. Yep. And with Kyle Allen playing, Curtis Samuel. I'm most taking – people have was, DJ Moore, but Curtis Samuel is a good pickup. And then I at tight you. end – What? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. I was going to say at tight end, tight end's kind of rare – TJ Hawkinson's going to be hit and miss. I'd be just afraid to start him. him. Um, I got him in Dynasty just because it's Dynasty. But Will Absolutely. Disley. Will mm-hmm. Disley of Seattle. Touch that machine. Dude, that – um. so I, I had a really good um, – I, I usually do pretty good in, like, the tournament plays. 
Um, but I had like 207 points in the one tournament and I just had, uh, Deandre Hopkins screwed me over. That's, I mean, if Deandre Hopkins would have had a Deandre yeah, I would, game, I would, I would appreciate dollars richer this week. So, I would appreciate it if you would Hopkins. stop selecting him because yeah, I've got him in most season long and you're screwing me over. Yep. Every time I played him, he's done nothing. And he, if he would, even with most Starrett not doing anything, if he would have done well, I would have got like 230 points and I would have been like. 5,000, 10,000 range. Anyways, um, Will Disley, that touchdown with with no time left, with his, if the game's over, and Russell Wilson still throws a touchdown, that touchdown to Disley got me uh, 20 points, 20 more points in, uh, um, in fantasy in the DFS. So that was cool. Thank you. DFS, man. I, I, you know, it's funny. I think DFS has taken more of a life than even season-long fantasy at this point. Um, I wish I would cut back and only do one or two leagues in season long and focus more on daily. Fantasy. Oh yeah. I pay um, more attention to my DFS teams on Sundays now. That's the problem. And I've caught myself doing that too. And, and the thing that I'll do is I'll throw $25 in the account real quick, you know, just a little play money and I'll enter a couple $5. We've got the flock, uh, do a quick shout out. Chris hand running it awesome this year. Not nearly as many fuck-ups as he had last year where he created you know three every fucking yeah. week <laughs> yeah. it's, it's gotten definitely a yes. lot better shout out chris hand oh my god like, it got <laughs> bad but anyway he's gotten a lot better and, and i touched on this a couple weeks ago like i'm actually i'm really enjoying his shout outs every week and it's oh, funny yeah. because it actually had an effect on my lineup this past week i took i made mitch trubisky my starting quarterback and it almost panned out for me the rest of my lineup didn't but I, you know what I did? You know why I did it is, and it sounds pathetic as hell. I wanted a Chris Hand shout out. I wanted a Chris Hand shout out for the riskiest fucking pick, and Mitch yeah, Trubisky was one. the riskiest fucking pick I thought. But anyway, Flock NFL, uh, we have a daily fantasy and DraftKings that we do. It's a five dollar buy in. We can up it as many teams as we get into the league. Um, so drop your DraftKings tag and. Put at Chris Hand so we can add you to the group. Uh, since I'm doing a plug on that, I'm going to give Ray a chance to plug the actual podcast. Ray, do you think? Yeah, um, so you can find us on every major podcast platform, like I always say, um, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all that. Also, you can follow us at Motherflocking Football um, Podcast or MFFP at, um, at, tw- at Twitter. Um, I've gotten pretty active on there. I'm generally the one that runs their account. Um, sometimes you might see me cuss somebody out on there. Um, that deserves I was about it. to say, he likes to go off. He likes to go yeah. off as the group. <laughs> yeah, um, I did it one time. I regret it. But anyways. Um, eh, sentiments are shared. Yeah. Uh, so then I um, joined the Flock NFL Facebook group. I actually just got a bunch of um, requests to join now. Um we're growing and it's fun to get new blood in there because the longest time it just felt like it was just chiefs cowboys and like some eagles and bears fans so it's fun to get fans from every team in there which i believe we do now and just get everybody talking if you if you like to go to um you know nfl the page and the espn page and you try to comment on those posts it is the most ridiculous things you'll ever see. The dumbest thing some of these people are saying. And it's annoying. You join the Flock NFL group, you will have intelligent conversations. We There's disagree. only a few annoying people. Yeah. yeah. There's only a few. We, we, we will disagree, but we're always respectful when we do disagree. Um, and it's just a good time. So, Flock there's, NFL. There's a lot of, we do a lot of game threads during the games where we all talk shit during the game. It's awesome. 
gives you a nice little added aspect to the games, especially for those family guys like me that are sometimes stuck on Sunday sitting on their couch watching by themselves. It's fun to still talk yep. football with other people. Oh, yeah. And the group, I'll tell you this, you know, this year we've had a lot of people added and it's been really entertaining so far. We're only three weeks in. It's been really entertaining so far where I didn't see this kind of uh, shit talking and, and uh, community, uh, whatever you want to call it, just us all, you know, shoot the shit. I didn't see that until close to the playoffs last year. So it's nice yeah. to see more than just the Chiefs fans posting and the Cowboys fans that are – and the fucking Eagles fans. They might be some of the most annoying ones. I'm talking to you, Poe. <laughs> what I like, too, is you see, like, the different type of fans, right? You get that. Like, I feel like I'm a mixture. I'll, I'll share other team stuff, and I'll be serious, but I'll be – funny stuff then you get the guys that are like super serious and take it way too serious then you get the guys who just take it completely comical the whole time and then they piss off the people that are taking it too seriously it's really funny it's like people watching but on facebook right exactly all right last little topic since we touched, touched on fantasy and everything let's do uh daily fantasy real quick i want to hear and i don't, have you said any daily fantasy lineups yet no you go first <laughs> so I just want to hear one player that you've just got to have on the team. And this week, for me, when I'm looking at all the lineups, <clears throat> excuse me, the player that I think I have to have, just I got to have him this week, is Phillip Rivers against Miami. Sorry, Miami, I know we pick on you a lot, but I got to have Phillip Rivers. He's going for you know, a reasonable price as a quarterback. You pair him up with Keenan Allen, and I think you've got yourself the start of a winning lineup. Philip Rivers against Miami, that's my lot this week. I would, for cash games, I would strongly consider Rivers, Eckler, um, or Rivers and Allen for tournament. Cause I, so I really only cash, um, the only cash game I play is the ones with the flock. So generally, generally I play the tournament. So I'm always going more the contrarian, right? So, um, so one contrarian pick I would actually strongly consider, don't hate me, guy, but Dalvin Cook against Chicago. A lot of people are going to stay stay clear from it, but it's just hard for me to not see him to produce. Even if they're behind, he's a pass, he's a catching, um, he's he's a weapon out of the backfield receiving, right? And he's just I'm breaking off big plays. I'm more worried about those those little screen passes that he takes yeah, to the exactly. house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's run, I don't think he's going to run all over us. We've got a really stout run defense. I wouldn't take him for his rushing ability, but I, I would take Dalvin Cook as a flex. I, I don't know if I'm – I'm still going to look to spend my money on somebody else over Dalvin Cook personally, but just because of the Bears' rush defense. But he definitely worries me catching it out of the backfield. Well, you got to think in, in tournaments you want to go have contrarian picks, right? Um, you so, have to. And that's a contrarian pick because, because of the price tag and the defense. And then another tournament, more tournament-type pick that I would lean into would be um, Kenny Galladay playing Kansas City. They're going to have to score to have a sh- ch- chance at all. Kansas City still can't stop anybody. Um, so there's a good chance he gets, you know, 12 targets. You, w- you want to pick guys that are going to have a majority of the target share and guys that can get big plays in tournaments um, for tournament games. So there's a couple options to look into. All right, guys. Well, that's enough of us ranting on and on about football. Hopefully you're still listening at this point. Uh, at this point, I, I don't really have anything else left to talk about. I'm just going to drink my bourbon and, and enjoy my evening watching some highlights from this past week. Uh, Ray, you got anything else you want to add to the people? Uh, no, I just appreciate you guys listening and can't wait for another season, uh, another week.
All right, Flockers, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you on the page. Peace out, motherfuckers. Peace out.